We live in a society, we talk about detoxing all the time, right? We talk about all the toxins. You know, if you guys ate McDonald's, I don't know if you've seen that, uh, that show where the guy eats McDonald's for like six weeks straight or something like that. It's really gross. And so I'm sure that when he was done, that guy had to take like some pills or go on like a fast or something to get rid of some of the junk that was in his body from eating McDonald's or for eating canned goods or whatever it is, all the toxins and the food that we eat and all this stuff. So people are doing, you know, the detox diet and you can go to the health food store and buy the detox pill, right? And you take it and you start getting headaches and, and your body starts acting weird. Why? Because your, your body is adjusted to having all this stuff in there that's not supposed to be there. So what you're knowing is normal is abnormal to you. And so many times spiritually, we live with all these issues in our life. And when we get detox, we're like, whoa, what's happening to me? I, I need these things that, that, that feed my flesh. We think that we need those things. But whenever we start being purged from that, we start f- seeing that we function differently. Are you with me? And so uh, I want to talk a little bit about God's detox plan. God has a detox plan. And uh, let me just say this, that God's system, God's system processes are not so much about adaptation as much as they are transformation. See, we like to adapt things into our life, right? We like to kind of ease in, right? Don't we? We just kind of like to ease into change. We are really, as, as, as modern as we want to be, as young as we want to be, we are all resistant to change. I'm resistant to change. You're resistant to change. We love change. We say it, right? We declare it. We're speaking it in faith. We love change. But the reality is change, right? And so what happens, rather than transformation, many times all we experience is adaptation. So people come into church and we're like, just add Jesus on right? Just add Jesus onto your life. Just keep living your life and just add Jesus into the mix. But how many know that God's process isn't that way? Come on, are you with me? Uh, And we talk about this a lot. It's not about behavior modification, but heart transformation. Now, when our heart is transformed, our behavior changes, right? Are you with me? So we don't add Jesus into our lives. We yield our lives to Jesus. Are you with me? And our yielding is a process, isn't it? We're, we're yielding, we're continually yielding, uh, and our yielding is a process to his mandate. His mandate is what? Go and sin no more, right? He comes, he, he takes residence in your life, go and sin no more. And we're like, oh, right? <laughs> okay. How many know that when Jesus told those people that, they probably sinned again, yeah. right? Uh, God's processes are transformation. Go and sin no more. His mandate is it is finished. Because when God does something, it's, it's definite. It's not processing. It's not wishy-washy. It's not under-committed. Right? We kind of move forward. We're kind of like, um, let me kind of test the water. Let me kind of put my foot in, in the water and see how cold it is before I, let me kind of test it and see. That's not God, the way God works. God is all in. Why? Because he's sovereign. Because he's powerful. He doesn't need to, to gradually move into things. That's what we do in our humanity and our carnality is we're kind of like, well, we'll just ease into this thing. And God's like, I want transformation. I want radical, revolutionary, absolute change in your life. And so what we focus on is we, we, we focus on improvement. When God doesn't really want improvement, he wants different. God doesn't want self-improvement for you. He wants yourself to be different. We don't need to function better. We need to function 
differently. Right? And our yielding is a process. So in the New Testament, this word transformation is used four times. This, this word metamorpho, which is where we get the word metamorphosis. Okay? Metamorphosis is not a dog getting a new winter coat. That's change. That's adaptation. But it's not transformation. He's not becoming a rhino when it gets cold, right? It, nothing is really changing about the dog inside. It's just he's getting a different coat, right? Somebody, is anybody a hunter in here? Good, because I'm pretty ignorant. On Oh, you are? Okay. Well, you can straighten me out later. But from my understanding, deers shed their antlers, and then they grow like once a year. Is that right? How many know that that's adaptation? That's not transformation. The deer hasn't changed. Just something has changed about him. And I feel like so many times in the church, that's all that happens. Is that something about us has changed, but we're not really different. We've adapted. We've made some modifications. But God isn't interested in the modification. He wants transformation. This word metamorpho, which we're going to talk about, two, there, it was four times in the New Testament. Two of those were the same time. It's when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, and he was there with Moses and Elijah. He was saying, I'm the end of the law and the prophets. I'm fulfilling those things. So Jesus was there, and he was transformed. That's, that's the first time that we see that, and that we see that twice in the New Testament. And then the two scriptures that we're going to talk about today, that, that actually metamorpho means to change to change form, not to modify, not to change, but to change form, right? The word change is in the New Testament tons of times, but this, this word right here, transformation is actually a total overhaul, something completely different. This is, this is what the way we illustrate it, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. That's transformation, Something totally different. You wouldn't even recognize it. Remember, we used to watch that that show. Um, what was it? That little cartoon, and it had the, these two little caterpillars, and they were friends, or as a caterpillar and some other kind of book. Yeah, the Wonder Pets, and he's like, "Oh, I'm a little caterpillar, and and you're a frog, or I don't." An inchworm, and, it, and the inchworm doesn't change, but the caterpillar changes. And, like, he, like, goes into this ca- cocoon, and he's, like, freaking out, and he's tripping, and all this kind of stuff's going on. And then he comes out, and he's like, hey, you want to crawl? He's like, I don't crawl anymore. <laughs> or some of the other things he did. And so he's like, all these things are different. He's like, you want to eat this? I don't eat that anymore. I eat this now. This is the same way when we come to Jesus. It's total transformation. We don't function like we used to function. We are completely different. We didn't just modify things. We're a different being. You wouldn't even recognize us. This is what happens when Jesus rules our life. Transformation, not modification. And so many times we, we do that, right? We try to modify our lives. Well, maybe I'll just do a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that. And Jesus is like, I, want, I don't want you to be better. I want you to be different. So we're just like improving ourselves. You can go to Barnes and Nobles and get a thousand books and read and, and nothing will ever change. And you can force it. You can force it. And you force it. And you're like, why do I still have these behaviors? Because you haven't changed your heart because you haven't been transformed. So a transformation is to reach our intended mature destiny. Our intended mature destiny. This is what Jesus wants. So this is God's detox plan, transformation. He doesn't want you to just modify your diet. He wants your diet different, totally transformed. 
So we're going to talk about two areas today, and then we're going to do some stuff. Y'all like stuff? I love stuff. All right. Number one, this is God's system. Number one is the transformation of the mind. Now, how many of you have the mind of Christ? That's right. If you're in Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. How many of you don't have the mind of Christ? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Not all the time. <clears throat> so when we talk about transformation of the mind, how many know that sometimes it's a, it's a, it's, it's a little bit kind of crazy? Because sometimes the transformation, uh, we don't really know if it's of my mind or it's of my heart, Right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Is it in my mind or my heart? So I think that really your mind are your perspectives, your poor views of God, fear due to memories. Come on, saying shame. The way that you think. And we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How many of you ever, like, you think a certain way and you go, what's wrong with me? Why am I thinking like that? Why? Because you need your mind renewed. You need the transformation of your mind. You don't need to adapt it. You need to transform it. So here it says in Romans chapter 12, I urge you brothers, and this is important, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Before they offered other bodies as sacrifices, dead sacrifices. He's saying you offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So what's our spiritual act of worship? First of all, in viewing God's mercy and offering our bodies, ourselves, as sacrifices. How many know that sacrificing is not comfortable? Well, I don't. That's not really who I am. Well, I don't really like that person because they make me feel uncomfortable. Right? And God's like, come on. We, we had a caterpillar one time. And uh, we, we bought this little kit. Remember? We, we, you bought this little kit from the dollar store, and it had, like, you know, a little thing. And you put a caterpillar in there, and the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. And you, watch, you get to watch the process, the metamorpho of this caterpillar. And so it's in there, and it climbs up, and it starts doing this weird thing. It looks like a web. Remember? You, like, string this web thing, and you're like, Whoa. Didn't know that caterpillars, I thought they were just this simple creature. And he starts spinning in this web. And it was, remember how it was violent? It was like, you know, I can't even illustrate it. And he's like spinning this thing around him and he gets all this stuff and he does this cocoon. And then it's in the cocoon and the cocoon's violently shaking. Why? Because transformation is difficult. It is uncomfortable. It involves sacrifice. We don't, we like our comfort. So what do we do? We modify according to our comfort. I'm not comfortable, Lord, given that, so I'll just yield a little bit here and a yield a bit yield a little bit here, but my heart is unchanged. It hurts me. How can you preach that? I'm preaching to me, Jesus. Jesus is preaching to Josh Brown right now. Okay. So, living sacrifices, uncomfortable. Holy and pleasing to God. Now, how many know that there's a holiness movement, an unhappy holy movement, and a happy holy movement? Right? You guys have seen the unhappy holy, right? We kind of equate that, right? We, in fact, we don't even use the word holy, holiness very much because we equate that with being miserable. But being miserable isn't being holy. 
If, if the holiness isn't happy, then it's not from the heart. All people have done is modified behaviors. There's been no transformation happen, and so it's forced. Well, you've got to be this way. You've got to modify. You've got to modify. You've got to adapt. You've got to change, but no transformation. But transformation brings forth holiness. And pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. So that's how we worship God. We enter into this process. And do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world? Modifying. That's why he talks about all in Romans 11. He's talking about the law and being justified by the law and all these kind of things. And and kind of this old system. And he's like, this is the pattern of the world. Justification by works. Justification outside of God's mercy. So don't conform anymore to that pattern of adaptation, modification. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how are we transformed? How is our life transformed? By renewing our mind. How many know that we need to renew our mind every day? Probably several times in a day. I've got to renew my mind. I've got to change the way I think. I've had to do that today on my way to church. I had to change the way I think. I don't justify the way I think. I allow my thoughts to be transformed to be like Jesus. Renewing your mind, making it new again, refreshed. Just like that browser. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Just hit and refresh. Then he says this, then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think all of us really want to live the will of God. How many want to live the will of God? I want to live in the will of God. How do I do that? By living a transformed life. How does that happen? By renewing my mind. By thinking different. Well, how do you do that? How does one renew their mind? I'm so glad you asked. Because this is how we detox our mind, right? By renewing our mind. Are you guys with me? By making it new. That's basically what you're doing when you do a detox, right? You cleanse out the old and you bring in the new. You make it new again. So how does one renew their mind? Number one, in view of God's mercy. Everything starts with that. Our outlook on God. Our outlook on Jesus. This is where everything begins. What do we think about God? Do we think he's a cosmic tyrant? Do we think he's angry, frustrated, upset? Is that our view of God? God does those things. He gets angry. He gets upset. He gets frustrated. Absolutely he does. But that is not who he is in view of God's mercy, in view of everything that God has done, who is compassionate, who is tender, who is slow to anger, who drew you in the first place in view of God's mercy. What is that saying? That's saying I am not deserving, but he did it anyway. Not getting what you deserve. Everything is in the context. The the beginning of everything that we do in this walk, in this Christian walk, is in view of God's mercy. It's always got to be changing our view of God. I've got to change my view of God. I don't know about you, but I've got to think about God differently every day. It's not that God has changed, but I am the process of me is being transformed to understanding who God is. Are y'all okay today? This isn't that deep. Okay. So in view of God's mercy, in view of all that he's done, number two, or B, is devoting ourselves to God's word. The washing of the word. 
getting rid of the systems, the mindsets, the behaviors of the world, and learning how God functions. How do you learn how God functions? Well, the cool thing is, is we've got scripture to show us how God reacts, how God responds, how God moves, how God dwells. We have the book to, to give us a grid of understanding about God. So what do we do? We devote ourselves to God's word, whether it's a, the written word of God that we have in our hand, or it's the revelation that God has given us, or it's a prophetic word that someone gives us. All these things are revealing what? The character of God. Because Jesus is the only one that can transform us. So we've got to get what he is saying up inside here so I can live a transformed life. Then we start to live out a revelation that we receive from certain scriptures. And, I, I, you know, I was telling some guys that I'm working with, uh, I'm just going to be real with you guys. I've been doing, like, the Bible through a year, for a couple years now, and I, it's getting monotonous. I'll just be real honest. Like, I'm, it's grinding. Like, I'm kind of annoyed when I read the Bible. Is it okay that I'm just real with you today? Because I'm doing it with the agenda of accomplishing a check mark I read my Bible through this year. And so what I'm want, what I'm and I'm gonna finish it. Come on, it's good to be devoted to that cause. It's a good cause to be devoted to, even if you're not feeling it, even if you're not functioning, it's still good to get the word in you. It's not gonna return void. Come on. But I'm like, I can't wait till the end of the year so I can just spend like two months in Romans twelve. Or Romans 12, 1. Because it's not so much about an, an agenda of accomplishing, oh, read the Bible through 15 times. That's great. We need to do that. But I really need to let the word read me. Come on, I'm saying? I need to get the word in me. And I'm just kind of, sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of reading through it. Oh, I missed yesterday, so I got to read six chapters today. Or Eight. but that we would really devote ourselves heart in to the word of God. So if you're doing those, great, continue in that. But get in the word in the sense to where the word gets in you. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly, that it would be rich, that that it would be full of life, that it would have substance to it, that it would grow. Now, I'm saying that, but there's also the devotion into it. There's also the labor of it. We always say this, you know, I was talking to my dad the other day. He's retired, but he he works for another company now. And uh, he's like, well, you know, it's work. I'm like, yeah, we call it work for a reason. He's like, yeah, they're paying you to sit around. I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, there is some labor involved and there is some toil involved. And that's why I'm committing myself to finish through. What I'm doing is I'm making other time to really nourish myself, but I'm still going to be committed to the thing that I said I'm going to do, right? Because I have character, and character doesn't crumble when things get difficult. Character maintains, and so, okay, I'll finish that out, and I'll, you know, just let the word read me and soak in it. Um, But let me say this, that you will only reap where you are invested, You will only thrive on what you're rooted in. So if you don't have time every day to spend some time in God's word, you will not produce any transformation. You can modify things, but you won't feel like it. I love what 1 John says. It says, this is the love of God to obey his commands and his commands aren't burdensome. So it's not enough because you're well-disciplined. 
You need a heart that's transformed that whenever you obey God, that you're doing it out of a ravished heart. That you're just like, man, I love serving Jesus. I love obeying God. Even sometimes when I'm like, oh, I don't really want to. It's like, oh, but I got to. Are you guys with me? And you know, we devote, we devote every day, we devote hours to our jobs, to being social, uh, to our bodies. Some of us, obviously your pastor doesn't. Uh, and listen, these are great priorities. These are great priorities. But sadly, we neglect to renew our mind daily because we don't have time. It's not that we don't have time. It's just that our priorities are out of whack. And we wonder why we struggle. We wonder why we struggle with having a mind that is focused on God or a mind that is willingly obedient because we do not make time in the word of God. This is very basic. Listen, Christian, if you are not in the word every day, you've got a problem. You've got tons of problems. They might not be exposed because they're not being exposed to light. They're just living in the darkness. You need to get in the word. It may be disciplined at first. It may be one verse a day. Get in the word until the word gets in you and transforms you. It has transformation, life-giving power. You can only reap where you are invested. So you can't expect God's, God's word to come out of you. You can't expect God's life to come out of you if you've not done anything to nurture God in your life. You've got to get in the word. This is how we detox our mind. This is how we renew our mind. Every day, getting in the word, the washing of the word, even when it's hard. I love 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 5. It says, we demolish arguments, every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take thought every captive and bring it under the obedience of Christ. So what happens is because we have thoughts that are jacked up because our mind isn't renewed or we're not renewing it, then we'll, then we have these thoughts come in and what do we do with them? We dwell on them. We start thinking about them. This word right here, captive, is the same word that you would do like a prisoner of war. That you would take these thoughts captive and you would lock them away where they belong. It's justice of the mind. The justice of the mind is this. When you have a thought that isn't of God, you lock it away. That thought has no right in your life. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. <laughs> Sucker, you don't belong here. Shut it. Why are you talking to yourself? <laughs> right? So do that. I, I've, I've experienced that before. Um, I remember a season in my life, I was really dealing with lust a whole lot. And so I'd have a lustful thought. And I would just, I would literally do this. I'd go, I take that thought right now out in Jesus' name. I just do it physically. And, and I, it's almost like I could feel it because I was just taking authority. We talked about that last week. You have, until you've spoken, you have a, there's no authority that's been exercised. And so I would pull that out of my mind, like just not literally, but I'm literally doing this to kind of, to rise my faith. And I say, I pull you out and I bring you under the obedience of Christ. You have no authority in my life. You have no authority to be there. My mind is renewed. My heart is steadfast on Jesus. And I lock those away and bring it under obedience of Christ. Go and sin no more. And every time I would have those thoughts, just bring them under the obedience of Christ. And this is what we've got to do if we want to have the transformed, renewed mind. Now, what I've done is I did a little homework for you guys. And in your app uh, on the website, there's a version Bible plan. That's, it's, uh, 
It's five weeks. It's 35 days. If you start that today, it's not a whole lot of reading. It's about like a chapter a day, a little devotional. It'll take you maybe five minutes because some of you just aren't even doing five minutes yet. And you just say that for the next five weeks, you're going to detox. And there's a, there's a link to it on the website. There's a link to it in your app. I don't know if the link's in the app. probably doesn't work. Um, or you can search in your version app. Uh, this is Life Church, who actually created the version app. You can just search in there, Soul Detox, under Bible Reading Plans. Real simple, 35 days, light reading, just for you to detox some of the things that are in your mind to get rid of some of those things so you can live transformed. Are you guys with me? Okay, so that's the mind. So we, we need to detox our mind, the transformation of the mind. Number two, the transformation of the heart, the detoxing of the heart. Now, the mind is really something that, that we can actually have control over. Yeah, you can have control over your mind. By the things that you say, by the things that you dwell upon, by the things that you think, you can control those things. You might not, you might not be able to control something that comes into your mind, but you can control what happens with it. We talked about last week about speaking, uh, those types of things. But really our heart, we can't go in and transform our heart. Only Jesus can transform your heart. And so there's issues of the heart, you know, unforgiveness, emotional stability. These are, these are things that, that, that we try, that we try to modify, that it just doesn't work. That it really takes an intervention, if you will, that Jesus would just come in and encounter our heart in such a way that our heart is transformed, that it's totally different. So what do we do? How do we detox our heart? We gaze at Jesus. We gaze at Jesus. Check this out. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is the second verse that I was talking about of the four times that this is mentioned. This is, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How many know that that's good for your heart? And we, who with unveiled faces, he was talking about Moses, who had to cover his face, go before God, da, 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 da. He says, but we don't have veiled faces. We have unveiled faces. We reflect the Lord's glory, and we are being transformed into his likeness. You were, cre- you were recreated to be like Jesus. Transformation, what is it? It's your destiny, right? It's the potential of your life. You're, you're recreated to be like Jesus, not to be Jesus, but to be like Jesus In the kingdom, detoxing isn't simply about getting rid of something. It's becoming more like someone. Let me say it again. In the kingdom, detoxing isn't simply about getting rid of something. It's becoming more like someone, Jesus. We are being transformed, verse 18, into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Transformed into his likeness. So the transformation is happening. We're becoming more like Jesus, ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. It's ever increasing. We're transformed. We're a new creature, creation, but we're becoming more like Jesus. We're responding more like Jesus. We're acting more like Jesus. We're following more in love with Jesus. And when we fall more in love with him, we become like him. All of a sudden, we don't hate our enemies anymore. God's really been dealing with me a lot of that because I, I see how a lot of people that call themselves Christians talk about their enemies. Our love for God will be measured by how we love our enemies. 
Your love for God will be measured by how much you love your enemies. Oh. Ouch. It's hard, isn't it? Because we don't want to love those who have hurt us, who wounded us. But that's why we need the transformation of the heart. When God transforms our heart, when we gaze at Jesus, he transforms our heart. 